Welcome back to Sister Alley Cat's Tea, where we talk about all things church-related. And we're going to continue on today our series coming from Ephesians, the sixth chapter. And we finally made it to verse 12. And we're going to read, starting at verse 12, which states, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now we are in a wrestling match with an empire of evil spiritual beings that have rank and order. Now the kingdom of darkness, which is the kingdom of Satan, is not some pity pat wannabe kingdom. It is highly organized, having a hierarchy of fallen angels, demons, and imps. Now, it is not about our body. It's not that they want our body. What they want because we know that our bodies are going to return to the dust, but it is about our soul that will live on throughout eternity. And Satan wants to take as many souls as he can to hell and then on to the lake of fire with him. Now we can read about him going to the lake of fire in Revelations the 19th chapter, verse 20, and Revelation the 20th chapter, verses 10 through 15. Now I say again, it's not about our bodies because we know that our bodies will return unto the dust. And that's why we're talking about the spiritual realm in this series. It's not about our bodies. Our bodies will return to a to the dust. But what Satan wants is he wants our soul that will live throughout eternity, and he wants to take our soul to hell and the lake of fire with him. Why? Because God loves us. Why? Because we have taken his place. He found it in his mind and in his heart to come up against the God, his creator, uh, and wanted to exalt himself above God. Therefore, he was cast out of heaven. And now we are able to enter in into heaven and he does not like that. So there's a war going on in the spiritual realm, what we have spoken about in the previous episodes but and we are in the middle of that war so therefore satan wants to take us down by whatever means necessary now we are in according to paul we are in a hand-to-hand combat with satan and his evil host paul used the word wrestle to give us an idea of what kind of fight that we're in now ancient wrestling was not what we know of on today. Wrestling, for the most part, was unto death. It was brutal and it was bloody. It was intense and extremely violent. And the ultimate goal was for your opponent to submit, usually by lifting the person in the air and dropping them before pinning them to the ground, usually by the throat and something what we would call on today a choke hold. Now research, I want you to research ancient wrestling so you can get a clear picture of what our warfare is all about, what this warfare that we're in, how the enemy desires to have you. Now we spoke about this in episode two how uh, Jesus began to tell Peter that 
Satan desired to have him and that Satan desired to sift him like wheat. And we talked about the sifting process so we can get an idea of what Satan wanted to do to Peter. And I'm quite sure it's the same thing that he wants to do to us on today. He wants to trample over us. He wants to uh, throw us in the air. He wants to, he just basically, he wants to beat the life out of us. So we want to research wrestling so we can get a clear picture of what kind of warfare that we're in. The enemy does not care about boundaries in this battle. He doesn't care if he hits you below the belt. He hits you in the areas that hurt, that hurt the most. He That's the way that he's coming against us, except for those um boundaries that are required by God. Now God, he can set boundaries that Satan cannot cross. Uh, say for instance, in Job chapter one and in chapter two, God began to set boundaries for Satan. When Satan came up against Job's uh, we can go to Job 1 and 12, how God began to tell Satan, you can do whatever you want to do, basically, but you cannot um, uh, put your hands upon his body. He said in Job's 1 and 12 that basically you can do whatever you want to do to Job, but you can't put your hands forth upon his body. Now, then we come to uh, chapter 2, verse 6, where after uh, Satan began to go back to God, and to uh, negotiate concerning Job. And God began to say, he is in your hand. You can, you can do whatever you want, even his body on this occasion. But he said, but save his life. You cannot take his life. So therefore, Satan was able to attack Job's body, but he could not kill him. And if you go to Job chapter 1 and chapter 2, and you read up on this story concerning Job, you will see the boundaries that God set concerning Job. And God is not a respecter person. We learn that in verse 1 through through 9, that God is not a respecter of person. Therefore, if he set boundaries for Job, he will also set boundaries for us. So there's no need to fear. We also learn that God has not given us the spirit of fear. He's given us uh, the spirit of uh, power, love, and of a sound mind. So there's no need to fear. We just have to get the education that we need in order to stand up and fight in this battle. Now, the Bible gives us a clear picture of the battle that we face in the spiritual realm. We must take the word and we must use it for our advantage. Now, we're going to go and we're going to find out what exactly are we fighting against? Because verse 12 begins to say, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We don't fight against people. We don't fight against human beings. And we talked about this in the previous episodes, that this is a spiritual warfare. This is a spiritual battle. We talked about the spiritual realm. And uh, verse 12 tells us that we fight against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places so now we're going to break those down and see exactly what is a principality a principality is an original angel original demon principalities are chief rulers or beings of the highest rank of the highest order 
in the kingdom of Satan, in the kingdom of darkness. And we can go to Daniel 10, which we've already talked about Daniel 10, and we can see how the prince of Persia began to fight up or hinder the angel that was coming with the answer for Daniel's prayer. Principalities, the prince of Persia. Now principalities, they have physical bodies and they form the highest level of government in the kingdom of darkness, in Satan's kingdom. They have a well-arranged hierarchy. Uh, say for instance, like the U.S. military or like militaries, it, it doesn't have to be U.S. It could be from another country, but you know, you have an understanding of how their hierarchies in the military. And you can say that a principality is at the highest of that hierarchy. They are territorial and they are signed over nations and cities. So if you see a specific type of sin or a specific type of wickedness within a nation as a whole or within a city as a whole, then you will know, now you will know, you can take notice that there is a principality assigned to that city or assigned to that nation. A principality is assigned to that city or assigned to that nation. Now you can, you probably can think in your mind of, of certain places. Say for instance, you can think of, um, wow, we can think of maybe Miami or we can think of maybe Atlanta or we could think of, um, anywhere, uh, uh, California. We can put that out there. Principalities are assigned to certain nations, are assigned or assigned, assigned over nations and cities. So think about different areas, you know, cities or, or, or nations that you have been to and you recognize that there's a certain sin that's prevalent in that nation. There's a certain sin that's prevalent in that city. And you can rest assured that there's a principality that's taken over that territory. Now, principalities, what do they do? They influence the affairs of humanity at a national level, impacting laws and policies. They are purpose specific. They are on a mission and they have a purpose in mind. They often embody world leaders. Think about it. They often embody world leaders, uh, leaders on the city level, leaders on the state level, leaders on the uh, nation level. Think about it. Principalities. What do our leaders our laws and our policies, what are they leaning toward? And you can uh, rest assured that there is a principality at work in that city or in that nation. Now we can go to Acts the 8th chapter, verses, 20, uh, verses 6 through 25, and it speaks about Simon the sorcerer, how he bewitched the people of Samaria, and how they all gave heed to him, from the least to the greatest. So this is a prime example of a principality at work. The Bible tells us that he bewitched 
the people of the city of Samaria. He bewitched everybody. There was a spell on them, you know, and, and everybody gave heed to him. You know, they, they looked upon him as a great leader, but he bewitched them. That's the only reason that they looked upon him that way. And guess what? He had a principality. Now we're going to go on according to the book, A Divine Revelation of Hell, written by Mary Kay Baxter. We I did a podcast on this book. Uh, and Mary Kay began to say that principalities would be the beings or the spirits that are the angels in this case that get their power directly from Satan. They get their power directly from Satan and they pass down uh, their uh, instructions and their power down to the lesser demons. So we're talking about principalities. They are the highest ranking order in the kingdom of darkness, in Satan's kingdom. Principalities are at the top of the list. Again... It is a very well-arranged hierarchy. And they influence the affairs of humanity at a national level, impacting laws and policies. So, when you think about it, when you really take notice of cities and nations and, and what comes out of those cities and nations, rest assured that there's a principality at work. Now, what else do we fight against? We fight against powers. Powers meaning authorities, and they influence as well. These are those who receive their power from, and they execute the will of the chief rulers. Who are the chief rulers? We just talked about the chief rulers are principalities. So these powers, they get their authority from principalities. They get their orders from principalities. They have their second in line, if we want to say it like that. We have principalities and we have powers. Powers are second in the hierarchy of the kingdom of darkness. They have their own hierarchy and they work hand in hand with principalities. They are specialists at what they do. Powers. They are authorities. They are specialists at what they do. Uh, we can think of them. Um, they operate in high places and we can think of them. Uh, say, for instance, we can think of them like the FBI or the CIA here in America. Uh, we can think of them as Interpol in uh, European countries. These are specialists at what they do. They monitor lives and they monitor events here on the earth they affect they are affecting and infecting structured systems such as the five pillars of society what are the five pillars of society is marriage it's the family it's government it's education and it's the church so powers they infect these structures they come in they monitor they see what's going on. They're specialists at what they do. And just in case those lesser demons, those lesser imps, or those lesser ones uh, in the kingdom of darkness, if they can't get their job done, Satan dispatched 
prince of powers. He dispatched the powers in order to get the job done. They are dispatched when other spirits cannot get the job done. We're talking about powers. They're number two in the ranks of the kingdom of darkness. Now we're going to go to number three. Rulers of darkness of this world. Lords of the world. World rulers. They're princes. Princes of the darkness of this age. They're spirit world rulers. They are high-ranking officers. They rule over regions. I'm talking about the rulers of the darkness of this world. This is, this is what we're fighting against. This is what we, lowly humans, are fighting against. But God has given us the tools, as we spoke of previously. God has given us the tools to fight against these things. So there's no reason to fear. And just like we said, uh, Jesus has already defeated Satan. But Satan and his host, they have right to torment us on a daily basis. But God has given us the tools that we need. So we need to know our enemy. We need to know who we're fighting against. We need to know the strategies, the tactics, the plots, the plans, the ploys that they fight up against us with in order that we may fight effectively. That we may fight victoriously. We're talking about rulers of the darkness of this world. They are high ranking officers in the kingdom of darkness. They have specialized jurisdictional authority over the cosmos. Can you hear me? They have specialized jurisdictional authority over the cosmos, over the heavenlies. They are responsible for blinding the minds of people to the truth. They blind the minds of people to the truth of God. They facilitate sin, wickedness, and iniquity within the nations of the world. Now we can read in 2 Chronicles, uh, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians um, verse 4 or chapter 4 and verse 4. That 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, we read where the Bible begins to tell us if the gospel is hidden. Now remember, they blind the minds of the people to the truth. The Bible tells us if the gospel is hidden, it is hidden by the God, that's lowercase g-o-d, of this world. If the gospel is hidden... It is hidden by the God, that's lowercase g, of this world. Who is the God of this world? Satan. Who is the God of this earth? Satan and his host. Therefore, the rulers of the darkness of this world, they're trying to hide the gospel from the people. That's a way that it, the devil fights against us. He, they, these, these, this particular hierarchy of demons they keep people in darkness they make sure that there's an absence of god in their lives we must know who we're fighting against they affect thoughts feelings perceptions of humanity how do they do it they do it through mass media they do it through music 
They do it through movies, fashion, sports, philosophies, and religious ideologies. This is how the rulers of darkness of this world are affecting people. That's how they're affecting us. That's why we have to... Uh, cast down imaginations. The Bible tells us that uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. We pull down strongholds and we cast down imaginations. When that devil comes to us to plant a seed in our mind, when we're watching a movie and all of a sudden, you know, our mind goes into uh, some place that it should not be. These are the works of the devil. It comes through music when the music is uh, uh, doing talking about all kind of craziness, all kind of uh, uh, Satan worshiping, devil worshiping, and doing things for Satan. This, this, these things come from the rulers of darkness of this world. Yes, these these are the things that we're fighting against in this spiritual battle. And they are always wandering about. They're looking for human bodies to dwell in. They want a body to possess. Yes. They want to get inside of you. Why? So they can use you to, as, your, as their operating base. So they can use you so they can act out their wickedness and their mischief in this earth realm. That's why uh, music, musicians and, and singers, that's why they do the things and say the things that they say. Because the rulers of the darkness of this world are using them. That's why you, when you see all kind of foolishness going on in movies, I call it foolishness. I don't want to get deep into it, but that's why uh, you see all that kind of stuff going on in fashion and in sports and philosophies and Religious ideologies of religion always bickering back and forth because the rulers of darkness of this world are planting seeds. They're using people that they have possessed, that they're living inside of bodies. We talked about human hosts. The devil wants to use humans as humans hosts. We don't fight up against flesh and blood. We don't fight up against humans. However, we fight against those spirits that live on the inside of them. We're talking about rulers of darkness huh, of this world. My God from Zion. Let's go to spiritual wickedness in high places. These are evil spiritual beings in the heavenly regions. They dwell in the second heaven. Remember we talked about the first and the second and the third heaven? We know that the third heaven is where God dwells. We know that the second heaven is where uh, Satan and his demons dwell. And the, and the uh, first heaven is the heavens that we can look in the sky and we can see with our own natural eyes. There are three heavens. The first heaven we can see with our natural eyes. The second heaven is where Satan and his host dwells. And the third heaven is where God dwells. And we can... Uh, Go back to, um, let's see, Daniel chapter 10, and we can, we can actually read Daniel chapter 10, and we can, uh, we can uh, confirm the three heavens, because when Daniel began to pray, God heard him, and God sent an angel to answer his prayer, 
Well, that angel had to leave the third heaven and he had to travel through the second heaven to get down to earth to Daniel. However, when he got to the second heaven, the prince of Persia was there to withstand him. The prince of Persia was there to fight against him. And what Michael, the chief prince, had to come and assist him. Spiritual wickedness in high places. They are based in the air and mainly operate in the heavenlies. They operate in the celestial zones and dimensions. They are responsible for a wide range of deadly disasters, both natural and man-made. They occur in the heavenly or that occur in the heavenly regions. For example, airplane crashes. When there's something that happens with an airplane uh, that makes it crash. Who's at work? Spiritual wickedness in high places. We've, we've found out in, in the previous episode, actually in episode two, we found out about the spirits in heaven and how there's a conversation that goes on in heaven in the spiritual realm uh, concerning the things that happen here on earth. The decisions are made in the spiritual realm and those things are manifested here in earth. If you haven't listened to episode one and episode two, I admonish you to go back and listen to episode one and episode two and learn about uh, the spiritual realm. So spiritual wickedness in high places. They are the cause of airplane crashes. Yes, we can say, oh, it was a mechanical failure, but huh, like we said, it is already discussed in the spiritual realm before it happens in the natural. Go back to episode two and read how the discussion about Ahab, Ahab, uh, it was, um, Ahab, Ahab had to die, basically. Uh, God had already decided that Ahab, the king of Israel, it was time for him to die. And the discussion was made in heaven about how Ahab was going to die. And God was asking the question of who would go and complete the task. And a spirit came before God and said, I will go and complete this task for you. Now, we're not going to go into it. I want you to go and at least listen to uh, episode two. And if you don't want to listen to it, uh, if you haven't listened to episode two, you can also go to your Bible and you can go to first Kings, the 22nd chapter, and you can read it for yourself. How things are already decided in the heavenlies before they take place on the earth. We also learn from Tony Evans that Anything that happens in this earth realm or in this natural realm is already preceded by something that happened in the spiritual realm. So an airplane crash, yes, it was decided that that airplane was going to crash. And what? The spiritual wickedness in high places, they came in down to the first heaven and they took care of that. Hurricanes, yes. Spiritual wickedness in high places. They are responsible for hurricanes. These are some examples of what the spiritual wickedness in high places do. In the earth realm or in the natural realm. They are responsible for anything perverted. 
depraved, debased, warped, or corrupt. Anything corrupt, anything warped, anything perverted. The spiritual wickedness in high places are responsible for that. They are highly injurious and they are destructive. The Bible tells us that Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. These spirits are highly injurious. They don't care about you. We just talked about They don't care about your body. They're only concerned about what happens to your soul. So anything can happen to your natural, your flesh and blood. They are responsible for the spirit of perversion. Those perverted things that happen into the world. Uh, uh, sex trafficking. Molestation. Rape. Murder. Torture. All these things come from the spiritual wickedness in high places. They are responsible for anything perverted, deprived, debased, warped, or even corrupt. We can use for an example, Jeffrey Dahmer. If you don't know about Jeffrey Dahmer, I, I admonish you to Google him. Google knows everything, as they say. Google Jeffrey Dahmer and find out the things that he did upon this earth. He's, he's, he's deceased now and no doubt burning in hell. However, the things that he did, he, um, he uh, lured people into his life and um, did all kind of things to them and uh, cut their bodies to pieces and he began to eat their bodies. Uh, he did some warped stuff. So go and, and, and look up Jeffrey Dahmer and, and see what he did. And then you can recognize, you'll be able to say, oh, that was spiritual wickedness in high places that had uh, influenced him. That was living on the inside of him. Why? Because they're responsible for such things as this. These spirits, they are territorial and they operate by specific assignment. They have specific assignments. And the goal is to infiltrate and degenerate this earth. Infiltrate people and degenerate the lives of the people that live upon this earth. Who do they infiltrate? They infiltrate or what do they infiltrate? They infiltrate government entities. They infiltrate heads of education, do judicial systems, financial systems, corporate systems, religious systems. The, name, the list just goes on and on and on. These are the spirits that infiltrate and get into these systems, get into these people, governments. That's why the laws come forth or get passed. Uh, on things that are, are, are corrupt and warped. That's why the, the heads of education, when you look in education and you see the things that are happening in education that you, you can, your mouth is open and you'll be like, oh my God, is this really happening in education? Yes, this is really happening in education. Why? Because of spiritual wickedness in high places. 
in the judicial system. Spiritual wickedness in high places. When people who've done heinous crimes, they get away. Or they don't have to go to prison or they don't have to go to jail or, or, or you know, they spend a few months in or they don't go at all. Why? Because spiritual wickedness in high places has taken care of that for them. Why? Because no doubt one of their homeboys are living inside of that individual. Just break it down to our language. He's helping a brother out. He's helping a sister out. In the judicial system, murder, and that person may not spend as much time as he should be, or you know, or what we call a, a, a due justice, a, a right reward. He may not get that right reward. Why? Because his homeboy, spiritual wickedness in high places, has taken care of that for him. He's got that judge, or he's got that lawyer, or he's got that person. Uh, to take care of it for him. Yes. These are what these demons do. They infiltrate. These systems. They work on the mind. Of people. They influence those that have influence on this earth or in this earth. They influence people. Who have influence in this earth. Those, uh, musicians and, and, and fashion uh, people in the fashion industry. And, and uh, uh, church leaders. And people of, of this uh, that can influence others. That they have a, a high influence on other people. They infiltrate these people. Why? Because these people can influence you. Just like I, I, we can talk about um, the religious religion. Just go straight cut straight to the chase. We can talk about preachers and teachers of the gospel. How they're infiltrated with these spirits and how they deceive the people. How they influence the people. These are spiritual wickedness in high places. These are those demons. They seduce and they falsely inspire actions, perceptions, motivations, fantasies, imaginations, and appetites. My God, appetites. Appetites for corruption. Appetites for um, things that are warped. Uh, perversion. Appetites for perversion. Oh my God. The spiritual wickedness in high places are responsible for these things. They frustrate and they prohibit the manifestations and the answers to believers' prayers. They come in and they uh, stop uh, the answers to our prayers. And we've already talked about that in Daniel 10, chapter 10. And you can read verse 10 through verse 13. And you can get a, 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 you can read it for yourself in so many words. Always read the Bible for yourself. That's why I always give scriptures. Because I want you to go to the Bible and read it for yourself. Don't only just listen to what I have to say. Go to the Bible and read it for yourself. That's Daniel chapter 10. And you can start at verse 10 through verse 13. 
these spirits also inhabit and operate through human holes. We've already talked about that. They possess human bodies. They get into humans. So their uh, strategy can be accomplished. So their goal can be accomplished here upon this earth. Now you can find a lot of this information that I've just told you. You can find that information in books called number one, Binding the Strongman by Cindy Trim. And you can also find some of this information I've just spoken about in a book called Give It Back by Kimberly Daniels. So look up those books and study them, study them for yourself. You may be able to find a free PDF online where you can download this book, these books for free. Again, Binding the Strongman by Sydney Trim and Give It Back by Kimberly Daniels. And you can find some of the information that I just gave you. Now back to the scriptures. According to the skills of wrestling, we must spend hours in training. What kind of training? We got to study the word. We got to meditate on the word. And we got to pray. And our training is with God as our coach. When our opponents, which are Satan and his cohorts, begin to attack us, we want to focus. We want to pay attention on the attacks from the enemy. So we will be able to know and we will uh, be able to uh, get a counterattack. We want to be able to know how to use our tools that God has given us. We want to know what we're dealing with. We want to know if we're dealing with a principality, which is the highest ranking demon, devil. Uh, we, we need to know how to fight against the principality. So we, that's why we have to get in the word. That's why we have to pray. That's why we have to meditate on the word. Get it in our heart. And that's why we have to do all, this thing, all these things with God on our side. Principalities. The highest ranking devil there is. Then there's powers. Then there's um, rulers of darkness of this world. Then there's spiritual wickedness in high places. So we have broken down what these spirits, what their task is upon this earth, the things that they come to accomplish, what their specific goals are. And when we see these things come upon the earth, come upon cities, come upon nations, come up against our mind, we know what we're dealing with and we know what to get out of our tool bag. We know what weapon to pick up and fight back. We know what scripture to uh to speak out unto God we know how to pray what to pray is very important you have to know what to pray yes we can pray but if we don't know what to pray that um that is not going to get the job done to the point where we want it to be done it's not going to do the very best. It's not going to get the very best of our response that we want. We need to know what to pray. And we need to know the word of God because there's rules and regulations. We talked about that already in God where the devil have to submit and obey to the word of God. 
when when the devil came up or when satan went up against jesus what did jesus do jesus used the word of god that was in his arsenal now if we don't know the word and we're uh, destroyed for the lack of knowledge then that's another thing that if we don't know what to pray if, we, if we're praying the same thing over and over again we have to know what to pray we have to pray the scriptures in order to fight up against the enemy when this when satan and his cohorts begin to attack us we need to pay attention to what kind of attack that we're in so we will know how to use our tools and what tools to use and this takes us back to knowing the root cause of our situation in order for us to return to return a skillful blow so we have to pay attention to what is attacking us how it's attacking us so we can put it in its right place we will be able to know the root cause of um, our attack we will be able to know what kind of spirit is attacking us what level of spirit is attacking us so we can use the tools that god has given us that we will return a skillful blow now finally we also need discerning of spirits you can find that scripture in 1 Corinthians 12 and 10. We have to be able to judge the spirit and to tell which one we are dealing with. And like I said, what tools we need to use. Now we're going to go to verse 13. Now, once we finish with verse 13, next episode, we will be talking about the armor of God. Episode four, I repeat, we will get into the armor of God in episode four. Now, verse 13, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Again, Paul admonished us to put on the whole armor of God, nothing missing, in order for us to resist the kingdom of darkness in that evil day, in the day when the enemy attacks us, in the day when the devil decides to ask God, can I attack this person? Or in the day when, um, like Jesus began to tell Peter, uh, Satan desires you. He desires to have you. He desires to sift you like we. So when that day comes, we need to be able to fight against Satan. So that's why we have to put on the whole armor. We got to have on our whole armor. We need to be able to stand in a defensive stand. And we need to have our weapons that will be an offensive weapon as well. We have defensive weapons and we have offensive weapons in order in order to fight in this battle. So we must be able to stand in that evil day, that day when the devil decides to come knocking on our door. When he decides to come knocking on your door, when he decides to come knocking on my door, we need to have on the whole armor so we can fight, so we can resist him. The Bible says so you will be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all once you've done all that you can do you need to stand there you need to continue to stand 
after we have put on and used our armor, especially the word of God, we continue to stand, stand in your place. We have to stand in our place. We have to be immovable. And what else are we going to do? We're going to wait on God to finish the task. We're going to wait on God for our answer to come. We're going to wait on that angel to bring our answer to us. We're going to wait on God to accomplish his word. He said that his word will not return unto him void. It's going to go out to accomplish that which he pleased. So once we've done, we put on our armor, we, we, we withstand in the day when the devil begin to come up against us and attack us. And we've done all that we know how to do. We've prayed. We've used the word of God. We've, um, uh, we've fought a good fight. And then we're going to, we're just going to stand there and we're going to wait on God. Cause I found that it is hard sometimes to wait on God after we have fought a good fight. Sometimes we fought our fight and, and uh, we fought off the devil and the Bible tells us to resist the devil and he shall flee from us. So we fought and we resisted Satan and his cohorts and he has uh, he has fled from us. But we have a tendency uh, to be impatient on waiting on God to come and to see about us. But we have to wait. We have to wait for that manifestation in the earth realm. Remember, it has already been decided in the heavenlies. It has already been decided uh, in the heavenly realms, in the heavenly region. The decision has already been made, but it just has to manifest in the earth realm. So once you fought and you did all that you know how to do, you worship God, you praise God, you've read your Bible, you've used the word against the devil and the devil has fled away from you, then you have to stand. You have to be immovable. You have to stand in your place. Stand on the word of God. Trust and believe. Have that faith. God, you said if I call upon you that you was going to answer me, you're going to show me great and mighty things. Stand on the word of God. God, you said when I go through the waters that you was going to be with me. They will not overtake me. When I go through the fire, the fire will not kindle upon me. Stand on your word. God, you said no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me, I shall condemn. And because it is my heritage, stand on the word. God, God your word said when the enemy come up against me like a flood, you said that your spirit that dwells on the inside of me will lift up a standard. Stand on that word. Lord, you said many are the afflictions of the righteous, but you shall deliver him out of them all. I stand on your word on today. Lord, you said that you are my light and my salvation. There is no reason for me to fear. Whom shall I fear? Said the word. Stand on the word of God and wait for God to answer. Wait for that angel to come through the second heaven. He may be uh, uh, he may have to fight to get to you, but wait on him. God told the angel told Daniel, when you first begin to pray, when you first begin to turn your eyes and look unto heaven. That's my uh, that's my uh, uh, revelation of it. When you first did it, 
and my version, I should say, when you first did that, it was heard in heaven and the answer was given. But when I got to the second heaven, the prince of Persia withstood me. The prince of Persia fought against me because he did not want me to bring your answer down to earth. So be patient. We have to be patient. And like I say, I find that it's hard. I find myself that it's hard. I'm in a waiting period right now. And I, sometimes I find it hard to wait on the answer from God. But I have to wait and you have to wait for the manifestation in the earth realm because the decision has already been made in the heavenlies. Praise God. Bless the Lord. So even though this information is scary to hear, we must take it in, we must fight, and we must stand until God delivers us. And like I've just said, Psalms 34 and 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. And I'm going to say, say la. Be blessed. And we will begin in the fourth episode to talk about the armor of God. What it represents. How you use it. How it protects you. So we're going to get into the armor of God. Finally, episode four. Sister Alicaz T. Where we talk about all things church related. And I will talk to you soon. Be blessed.